This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive and accepting place now and for future generations. Hey there, it's Dr. Karen, and this is episode eight of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you. In this episode, I do an interview with Mike McLeod from Grow Now Therapy, who is a speech language pathologist who specializes in ADHD and executive functioning skills. So if you have a child, or if you are supporting a number of kids who are school-aged, who have ADHD, or who are showing signs of ADHD, and who are working on motivation, organization, getting work turned in, accountability, all the things that you would like kids to be doing when they are elementary through secondary all those skills that you want them to be able to do in order to eventually be productive, successful adults who are thinking about the future and being responsible, then this interview is going to be extremely helpful. In the past few episodes, we've talked about executive functioning skills, what those are, and also just what it takes when it comes to building the skills that kids need in order to be focused on the future. But in this interview, because Mike is an expert in this area, it's what I would like to call his superpower. And 
he really takes it a level deeper and it gave me a deeper understanding of how to support kids. We start off the interview getting into red flags of executive dysfunction and what that actually is. If you are supporting somebody who has ADHD and it seems like they're always you know, leaving their things around the house or not getting their assignments turned in or if they're very bright, but it's just not showing up in their performance, then this is absolutely going to be really helpful for you. Mike also talks about mental flexibility, what that is, and social reciprocity and why it's so important to being a functioning adult one day and why it's so important for kids to learn that skill now when they're in elementary and secondary school. And then we also get into a discussion on what's known as the argument vortex. So if you have a child who procrastinates and it seems like there's always an argument about getting them to do chores, getting them to do homework, If getting them to do a simple homework assignment that takes five to 10 minutes and you feel like you're spending more time arguing than actually doing the assignment and and that happens frequently in your household, then this is going to be extremely helpful for you to hear. And we wrap it up by talking about motivation and accountability and some of the common misconceptions that come up when it comes to motivating kids who have ADHD or who are showing signs and symptoms of it. So I'm really excited to share this with you because it was really helpful for me and having a deeper understanding of how to support kids. Again, we do talk about what executive functioning skills are, but if you need a refresher, there are two places that I would send you in order to get an understanding of that. The first one would be check out episode two of the podcast, and the second one would be check out my parent guide. In both of those resources, I share what the eight executive functioning skills are so that you can have an understanding of what that actually means. To check out that parent guide, you're just going to go to drkarendudekbrannon.com backslash parent guide. And that'll give you an outline of what those eight executive functioning skills are. And I also get into that in episode two. But for now, please enjoy this interview with Mike McLeod. Right. So today I am with Mike McLeod from Grow Now Therapy. So first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks. for Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So, so my name is Mike McLeod. I am a licensed and certified speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in ADHD and executive functioning. So what I do is I go off of a lot of the most recent research on ADHD, which really looks at its connection to executive functioning. And I really take a language approach, the language aspect of speech and language pathology. I take a language aspect towards executive functioning and ADHD therapy, and I work on building independent skills with my students. So for the people who, because we have some people who are listening who might be speech pathologists and teachers, but then also some parents who may or may not be familiar with what 
executive functioning skills are. Can you explain a little bit kind of the quick and dirty definition of what that is? Sure. So so the best way to describe executive function skills, it's basically the air traffic controller of the brain. So it's really working on making sure everything is taking off and arriving and everything's going smoothly together. So it's basically your internal brain for bookkeeping, scheduling, time management, organization. So executive functions are a specific set of cognitive skills that allow an individual to self-regulate, self-motivate, self-evaluate, and it's all based in the skill of self-talk, which I'm sure we'll get into today. So executive function skills are skills that develop throughout the lifespan, really peaking at around 24, 25, 26 years old. It's located within the prefrontal cortex of the brain. So that we know that the brain grows from back to front, and it's the, the prefrontal cortex is the hub and the home of executive functioning. So that prefrontal cortex is the last area of the brain to develop. And that's why, you know, we tend to see some kids and teenagers not make the best decisions because, you know, it, it really having those impulse skills and self-regulation skills, emotion management skills, uh, executive function skills are the skills that allow us to be independent, allow us to make healthy and positive choices in the present moment and allow us to delay gratification and work towards that certificate or that degree or that career choice, or the end of that internship that is months or years down the road. So when you say it's executive functioning skills tend to be fully developed in the early 20s, do you see some, how do those skills develop when, so for example, if we've got a child who's in elementary school, I imagine that they will, you'll see some of these skills starting to develop, even though they're not fully formed. How can you tell as a parent if your child might be having a hard time in this area and just think ahead? That is an excellent question. So really what you want to be looking at is you want to be doing a lot of observation and you always want to see exactly what areas is my child independent and what areas are they needing constant prompting and cueing. Obviously, when you're working with an individual on executive functioning, you really want to really check their age and really and tailor everything to the unique individual. So basically how I describe it to parents is there's an age of the student and there's also an executive age. And when an individual has ADHD or executive dysfunction, the executive age tends to be about three years below the actual age. Just that, that, that's a typical estimate. So what parents can start to do is really start to observe their students. They can observe them academically. They can get information from the teacher to really see what's happening in the classroom. Is the student able to self-regulate and initiate academic tasks independently? Can they persist until completion on homework assignments after school? Or do they need the adult to sit with them to complete the homework? Socially, is the student making friends? Are they maintaining friendships? Are they dominating conversations? Are they starting to build a very small, narrow comfort zone? Are they escaping into screens and video games and refusing to partake in other non-preferred tasks? These are things to start to look out for. You really want to start to see the ability to stop and think about your actions instead of just being impulsive and jumping right into things. You want to see their ability to learn from past experiences. You want to see their ability to try new things, 
even if it's new and scary and they know they're not going to be so good at it at first. You really want to see how they approach various experiences and various relationships. Uh, how are they doing with multiple different peers, not just peers that have the same interests? And how are they doing when they're placed into varied experiences? When you have a kid who's an age, like you had said, you know, there's usually, you know, uh, peewee sports, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, uh, so many different things that parents sign their kids up for to have them varied experiences. How is your child responding to being challenged, to being put in these experiences? Because anytime a child has that mental flexibility and they're able to go out and meet new people and be put in new experiences, not just in their comfort zone, that's a sign of executive function developing well. But when you start to see that rigidity and the lack of regulation and the lack of motivation, uh, that's when you should, you know, some red flags should go off. So really when it's, okay, this is something I would expect them to be doing or for their age and for whatever reason, something just doesn't look right here. I mean, would you exactly. say if it's just, it's like, okay, I, I think he or she or they should be able to do this independently by now. And I feel like I'm always on them for, you know, getting whatever it is done. Exactly. And, and all kids need prompting to mm -hmm. clean their room, to start their homework, to do a chore. But it's really, you know, the massive amount of prompting. It's it, yeah. You really want to see how much you're reminding them. Are they able to get their homework done before they move on to a preferred task? Are you prompting them 10, 15, 20 times? Mm -hmm. Are mornings absolute chaos getting out the door and getting to school? Uh, you really want to see, you know, when it's really creating some toxic stress in the home environment yeah. because you, you're really spending so much time of your day to make sure your child is, is initiating and staying on task to completion. That's the most important thing is when it's starting to become a, a consistent issue, that's when you're going to want to uh, look to get an, an evaluation done. If you've been listening to the Are the 18 Yet podcast, and if you've been enjoying these episodes, I would love it if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple. All you need to do to leave a review is search for Are They 18 Yet podcast on Apple Podcasts, then click the purple subscribe bubble, and you'll be able to scroll down and rate and write a review. I would appreciate that so much, and I may give you a shout-out on a future episode. Our listener shout-out this week goes to screen name Munch1Kin, and this person says, Clear, concise, informative, and interesting. I especially enjoyed episode five. I'm so impressed with Olivia. Smart, well-spoken, great self-insights, great parenting. Thank you so much for your review. I especially appreciate your specific feedback, and I'm sure that Olivia will be excited to hear this. So thank you so much. You mentioned that when it gets to the point where it's making the home environment toxic. That's probably, you're probably to the point where you'd want to seek an evaluation from someone and start working on these skills. And in some of the videos on your site, you had mentioned some things and you mentioned something 
called the argument vortex. Can oh, yeah. you talk a little bit about what that is? Yep, yep. This is a this this is a great uh, label uh, placed from a friend of mine, Ryan Wexelblatt, the ADHD dude. He really describes uh, a lot of the behaviors and how parents tend to feed into executive dysfunction or ADHD behaviors. So one of the most important things to remember is ADHD is not a disorder of intelligence. It's a disorder of performance. So many of kids with so many kids with ADHD have above average IQ. They know what to do. They know the information. They just can't use it because they can't regulate and motivate. So when it comes to starting homework, they would rather get into a two hour argument about starting homework than doing a 10 minute homework assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, th- these kids really feed off of the power struggle with their parents. So they they want to play their video games. They want their screen time. These kids can really be master manipulators. So one of the things these kids do, you know, to get uh, to sort of gain control and gain power over their parents and have this power struggle is lots of negative attention seeking. Well, where they will do negative things just to have attention placed on them and to change the subject from homework and chores to their behavior. So they really know what they're doing and they're able to avoid homework, avoid chores, avoid extracurricular activities by having these behaviors and doing these non-preferred tasks. And parents tend to feed into it by go, getting into this verbal back and forth with these, with these kids. And that's really feeding into exactly the goal that these kids have is they want this back and forth argument because they get a power uh, sense when they feel like, okay, I'm, my mom was having a productive day. She was feeling happy. She was doing this. She was doing that. I was able to change her emotions. I was able to change her focus. Everything is on me now because of what I was able to do. And I'm avoiding my task by getting into this back and forth argument. So one of the things with ADHD to remember is the foundation of ADHD is something called nonverbal working memory, which is the visual imagery system of the brain. So these kids really, really struggle to re-image the relevant past in their mind and really create internal mental movies to forecast the future, think about the past, uh, learn from past experiences, hold an image in mind, manipulate it, plan, prioritize, problem solve. So executive functioning really starts with nonverbal working memory in the visual imagery system. You really have to have that system strengthened if you want to see progress in executive functioning. And this verbal back and forth is really has nothing to do with visuals. And it's not going to help the kid break out of the argument. And, you know, so many parents feel like, oh, I'm I, my kid is so clearly wrong and I'm so clearly right and I'm making so many good points. Why doesn't he just get it? He's not going to get it unless it's visual. It's there. It's tangible. And the verbal back and forth is just increasing the anxiety, feeding into the feeding into the argument vortex. And parents need to be well aware of that. And they need to make sure that, you know, it, whether you need to have a visual in the house showing that screen time is not available until this time or if you have this behavior, this is the consequence. You need to have visuals in the home because the verbal uh, is not going to initiate or trigger the executive functioning system. Okay. I have so many follow-up <laughs> questions to yep. what you just said, but okay, let me let me think here. Let me go here. So you were talking about how it 
it almost reinforces what they want. And when I have worked with families in the past, a lot of things that come up and potential strategies to try are, let's give them a reward so that they know when I get my homework done, I'm going to get this thing over here. So a lot of a lot of use of positive reinforcement. So I'm mm-hmm. curious if the this whole vortex that people get into is a misunderstanding of what is actually positive reinforcement for them and also what the what the root motivation is behind that behavior that they get into. Do you know sure. what I'm saying? Like, is yeah, it, do you absolutely. think it's a misunderstanding of what the true reinforcer is? Um, the argument vortex tends to come uh, when there's behaviors and when the kids aren't doing something and just emotions get the best of both the parent and the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the child is just trying to avoid. But the argument vortex tends to happen between student and parents when there is that lack of structure and when there is that lack of a system in the home. So you always want to have that visual in the home of positive and negative reinforcements. Uh, Dr. Russell Barkley, who is a worldwide leader on ADHD, talks about this all the time. Because these kids cannot motivate internally, they have uh, there is a disorder of the internal motivation system, motivation and consequences need to be made external. So like I said before, these kids tend to have very small and narrow comfort zones and I would say 95% of my caseload really get it, get significantly addicted to video games and these online video games and screens and phones and things like that. If you have a student who's under the age of 18 and lives in the home and you're paying for the phone and you're paying for the video games, that phone and those video games are yours. Right. So there needs to, there needs to be a system of accountability. And it's very important that parents start to recognize that the idea of social reciprocity is not an innate or something you're born with. So if parents are constantly giving, 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 you know, paying for the phone bill, giving them unlimited access to screen time and, you know, helping them and giving them prompts and, and there's no consequences, no system, that's not going to teach your, your child social reciprocity and it's going to hurt them in their social relationships. So there has to be a written visual system in the home of positive reinforcements and consequences or unexpected behaviors and results or whatever it may be, however, however you want to phrase it uh, to, your, to your child. Because some parents don't like using the word consequences. They like saying the result of an mm-hmm. unex- unexpected choice or an, unexce- or an inappropriate choice. So yes, you do want to have you know, positive reinforcement. If your child gets a good grade, if your child, you know, uh, completes a, an, an assignment or whatever it may be, whatever they're struggling with, you do want to make sure that you're giving tons of positive reinforcement. These kids with ADHD hear so much negative reinforcement throughout their entire lives, whether they're being hyper, whether they can't sit still, whether they're getting a bad grade, whether they're being rude, they're constantly hearing from everyone in the world how how much trouble they are and how much stress they're causing. So it's so important to celebrate the small victories. You need to, we need to celebrate these kids, let them know how special they are and, and, and give them, give them hope for every time they do well. And that helps to build that growth mindset. Uh, But every time there is a negative behavior or a missed assignment, if I, I can't tell you how many students come to me with a list of missing assignments 
that has like 15 to 30 missing assignments so far that marking period. And I asked them what they did all weekend and they played video games all weekend. So if, if your son or daughter has missing assignments, they really shouldn't have access to their games. They should be taking care of their missing assignments first. Mm-hmm. And that that is what builds that social reciprocity. And that's what decreases the chances of having the argument vortex. When your child knows I'm not going to have access to my preferred tasks unless I take care of the boring stuff first. Mm-hmm. So with the positive reinforcement, I'm curious if you see people who are like, let's reinforce them for this particular thing. And, but they're doing it in a way that almost sets them up for failure. So for example, trying to reinforce for something that is a skill that they don't have yet. Do you ever see that happening? Yes. Sometimes us as speech and language pathologists can kind of take our training on executive functioning or social skills or reading and writing, whatever, and kind of take it for granted. So parent coaching is critical, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to executive functioning, because executive functioning is uh, is different in so many different ways. So, and it's different in so many different environments. You know, you can have a kid who has great executive functioning at home, but not so much at school. So it, it, it really varies based on who they're around because it's very environment and relationship dependent. But there are, I have worked with parents before that have gotten very upset at their son or daughter due to difficulties getting out the door in the morning or due to difficulties completing basic non-preferred tasks sort of thing. And it's important for them to recognize, you know, because of their deficiencies in nonverbal and verbal working memories, that causes almost like a time blindness where they have great difficulty in time management skills. They can't visualize the future. They can't feel time passing. And it's very hard for them to be able to see the end in mind and then work backwards. Kind of like the great get ready, do done model by Sarah Ward, who's another speech and language pathologist who specializes in executive functioning. She's amazing. You should definitely Google her and check her work out. But she, you know, She basically talks about how we always teach students to start at get ready and we teach them to get ready, do it, and they're done. But to help kids with executive dysfunction or ADHD, they have to start at done, start at done, plan backwards so you can execute forwards. And it all starts with the ability to picture what it looks like to be done because these kids can have a very basic math assignment in front of them that any of us can tell is going to take five, 10 minutes to complete, but they look at it and they instantly get incredibly overwhelmed, dysregulated and anxious because they think it's going to take them three hours and they're never going to have a chance to do what they want to do. And that causes them to avoid it altogether. Uh, So it's very, very important that we, that we teach them that we, you know, we we model our self-talk to them. Well, you know, one of the things that parents can always do in the home is to make their self-talk external it's going to feel weird. It's going to look weird. Your kid may say, what are you doing? But just explain to them, hey, I'm, I'm talking to my brain coach. I'm talking to my brain. I'm planning. I'm motivating. I'm regulating. Show them how you pass time. Get some analog clocks in your house instead of the digital clocks. Help them to learn time passing. Time them actually doing their homework so they can start to get an idea of how long it takes. Uh, it's very important to not to never ever look at executive dysfunction as 
behavioral or, mm-hmm. or lazy or any of those things, you have to look at it as skills. And it sort of makes the, makes the parent take the role of a teacher where they do have to have intense structure. You tend to see kids do a little bit better behavior-wise at school than at home because school is structure. You right. have, you know, you have periods, you have class time, you have gym time, you have recess time. At home, it's unstructured. So the kid is going to try to do whatever they want the whole time. So it's very, very important to have the structure, stick to it, focus on the relationship. We got to have a good positive relationship with, with your child, good rapport, just like we need in therapy, but it has to be clear. And you have to look at executive functions as a list of skills, not something, yeah. you know, and ADHD is not a disorder your son or daughter chooses to have. Uh, it's something, it's, it's a legitimate brain difference they were born with. And this is something you have to work through with them. When you talk about visual imagery and them needing to see what done looks like, how would you, for, for that math worksheet example, how would you show visually what done looks like in a situation like that? For, uh, for a, a school-based test? test? Yeah. Yeah. What's an example of how that would look? Yep. So uh, depending on the age, you can really, uh, you can really work on this in various ways. There's really so many ways to uh, approach it in terms of academics, whether you can draw a picture of what it looks like to be done. Mm -hmm. You can have the student sit back in their chair, close their eyes, make a mental movie, uh, and just ask them a bunch of reflexive questions to learn what their mental movie looked like. You know, where were you? What did it look like to be done? How did it feel to be done? What did the paper look like? What did you do after you were done? What did you need to be done? Really, you know, asking them the questions to get them start thinking about what it looks like to be done. They need to know how it feels to be done so they can have that motivation. One important thing to know about to know about motivation is that motivation takes future thought. And kids with ADHD right. and executive dysfunction don't have future thinking skills, or it's just very weak. You can't motivate yourself towards something unless you can see yourself succeeding at it in the future. Say you want to lose weight. You need to see yourself losing that weight in the future. And that's what mm-hmm. motivates you to do it in the present yeah. uh, or, or whatever it is. Uh, so it's very, very important to really focus on the end in mind and work backwards because this is a cognitive process that individuals with strong executive functioning, that optimal state of mind, we do this without even thinking about it. We think about our futures. We we reimage the relevant past. We make these mental movies all the time without even thinking about it. But these kids, you know, go through the day to day without doing it because they simply can't. So we yeah. have to give them the skills and it takes practice, 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 and it can absolutely be improved. When you were saying those questions, is that an example of how self-talk could look. So for example, what do I look like when I'm done? What am I doing after I'm done? Is that how you would model self-talk or are there some other examples of that? Oh yeah. There's, there's so many ways uh, to build self-talk. And once again, you you always have to tailor everything to the unique individual. Uh, And you really just need to see, you know, what is their level of self-talk so far? You know, one of the, one thing that I've always done that, that is, that I find helpful is, you know, as soon as a student walks through a doorway and they enter a new room, you know, that I, I try to teach them that that's a, that's a trigger for them. You walk through a doorway, you're in a new room, ask yourself a set of questions to get your internal language, to get your brain coach working. 
you know, ask, okay, what space am I in? Where am I right now? What time is it? What do I need with me right now? Who needs my attention? What's my, what's my job? Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you walk through a doorway, you're in a new room. You got to teach these kids to, to talk to their brain. And if you're working with a young kid, you can teach them, you can give them a name to, to name their brain coach. You know, I work with a lot of kids that love sports and they'll think of their favorite, their favorite athlete and they'll name their brain coach, you know, LeBron or, or Reggie White or whatever it may be. And they'll name their brain coach and they'll, they'll have conversations. It's all about teaching them to have an internal dialogue and an internal system of checks and balances with their brain. And, you know, you can practice it when you're with them one-on-one, you can give the parent strategies to, uh, to practice it in the home. And it's just like any habit. They have to practice, 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 and mm-hmm. they're going to see the benefit. And then once they start doing it without prompting independently, then you're really onto something. When you say young, do you mean elementary age? Yeah, elementary age. Yeah, I, I would say more like uh, third, fourth grade would be okay. the youngest. So early elementary. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hey there, it's Dr. Karen, and we are going to wrap up this portion of the interview here, but stay tuned because in episode nine, we are going to talk about how to help kids with ADHD sense time and have better time management. And we are also going to discuss a hot topic right now, which is device use, gaming, and social media, and how you can balance that and what you can do if you have a child who is perseverating and really rigidly focusing on these types of activities and how you can help them build meaningful social experiences that set them up for success as adults. If you want to learn more about what Mike does, if you are a parent looking for an evaluation specifically, Mike is licensed in the state of Delaware, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, so he can actually do evaluations and treatment for people who are in those states via online therapy. But if you're anywhere else and you want to connect with him and just get some information, you can connect with him on Instagram at at Therapy. He also has a Facebook page where you can get in contact with him. It's just Grow Now, all one word. And you can also go to GrowNowTherapy.com. He has some great videos on his site that talk a little bit about what he does and also just give some really good information for parents or professionals who are working with kids who have ADHD. I actually checked out a bunch of them before this interview and found them really helpful If you want to learn more about that, I highly recommend checking out some of those videos. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in episode nine.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.